We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. These are the words of Paul. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that every tongue, or excuse me, so that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God. Normally, when we have Christmas Eve services, we like to remind ourselves of the nativity and all of the components that made up uh, that. I chose a different passage this morning because I think it, while it, it emphasizes the Christmas story, it definitely brings something to us and how we can apply Christmas every day. Some things I noticed in the passage this, or this evening that are important for us to recognize is, number one, that this was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a beloved church like yours, like mine. And it was meant to encourage them in their faith. In some strange way, churches in those days were uh, islands where uh, they were somewhat outcast from their culture. They were somewhat uh, strangers in their own lands. And Paul, the apostle, is writing them, teaching them how to live the Jesus way, teaching them how to order the very anxieties and the concerns that every one of us has on a daily basis, teaching them how to put their faith in God in everyday situations. He was teaching them how to live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. On a day like today, on a night like tonight, we might ask ourselves, what does this have to do with Christmas? Where are the shepherds, Pastor Jake? Where's the baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the little drummer boy? I think Paul is writing to this very question. In a sense, Christmas is about the great dwelling with the least, where the Prince of Peace is dwelling with the anxious people. The hope of the nations is being with those who are in great darkness. Truly, Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And Paul is writing this letter to a people to encourage them in this truth. But secondly, I noticed this, morning, or this evening that this passage is commanding Christians like you and I to adopt the same posture and mindset and attitude of Jesus himself. We notice here in this passage that there is this picture of the open hand of God. That God himself did not consider himself uh, and his advantages that to hold on to it. Rather, he openly gave himself to you and to I and to all of the peoples of the entire world. It says here he took on the very form of a servant, born in the likeness of, of humans, born in the likeness of a man. God himself chose humility over pride, service over being served. And the Christian is to be the least in the world because Jesus himself was the least. But we should talk this 
this evening. We should remind ourselves of this great thing that has happened. This great herald that uh, the angels of heaven came down to tell shepherds in the field of this amazing thing that God himself, Jehovah, Adonai, Yahweh, has come and has come to dwell with humanity has come to make himself known, has been born in the manger, has been born in the way that was prophesied throughout the entire Old Testament. Let's talk about that this morning. Let's talk about Jesus' emptying of himself being born. The entirety of the Old Testament tells all humanity that God is coming. And then in that one moment in time, that one focal point, that one space, God chose to come in the form of humans. In Luke 2, we find that he was born of a virgin. We find that he was born into poverty, that he was born into, uh, not into the rich family. He was not born into uh, well-to-do, but the God of the universe who spoke the very stars into existence. This God chose to come to a woman not yet married, who was engaged to a common man from the line of David came to ordinary people like you and like me come to dwell with us, God with us, Emmanuel. Christ the Lord is in our midst. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says, He himself made himself poor that you and I might be made rich through his poverty. And by his own richness. John 1, 14 says, And the word became flesh. Not some weird spirit out there, but real humanity. Something that could be touched. Something that could be experienced. Something that we could see. It says, John goes on to say that he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Later on, the writer of Hebrews even goes on to say that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of God's nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. All of this, all that God is packaged in a tiny baby, the God of the universe come to dwell in a place where animals feed. And where shepherds come out of the nowhere, coming exclaiming, we have heard this great news, and they see him. The God of our hope, the God of our salvation, the God of all redemption, and the one who forgives us for our sins and makes us right. This God has come to us to let us know that there is hope. And that we might be redeemed. That we might be included and made the children of the Most High. This is love. God has come to show us that he is not angry with us anymore. God has come to show us through his son that he loves us. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) But why? This mystery, this strange thing that has occurred 2,000 years ago has changed the world forever. 
This Christmas story, this great news of hope, this salvation message has come to us. Why? I don't think it was because God wanted to give us a new religion so that we might have something to do on a Sunday or a Saturday evening or a Sunday afternoon. I don't think it was so that we could have uh, uh, celebrations like this on special days. But I think God was thinking further, not just to forgive us of our sins, which is great and wonderful, and thank God for that. Praise God that I am forgiven. Praise God that you are forgiven. And that we have been made right in the sight of our holy God. But God has come to show us a new way to be human. God has come to show us a new way, a new way of life, a new way that you and I, those that bear the image of God, can live and show that God is love. See, Jesus, like I said, did not come to make a new religion. But he came to show us once for all by his example how we ought to live in this world. How we ought to reflect his love in this world, in this time. Not just in a future coming future, but an actual now time. Because God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves, and he lives the life that we could not, dies the death we deserved, and is raised from the dead, giving us ultimate hope. This is what God has done for us, and this is what Christmas tells us. But it is not just for celebration. It is for daily life. The way of Jesus is not primarily a religion, but it is a reordering of the very ways and the very way that we do life in, this, in the present. We are to be followers of Jesus We are to be those who follow in his way and in his manner and in the way that he did life. This new way to be human is the way of God's kingdom. It is a redeemed reordering of life. As Paul says in this passage here, that the Philippian church and thereby all Christians all over the world, from every race and and creed and color, we are to be open-handed We are to be the people who are not the hands of closed fists, of war and fighting. But we are to be the people of peace, of open hands, of welcome. You have welcomed me into your home with open hands. If you were to be at my church across the street, I would welcome you with open hands. Why? Because Jesus himself has welcomed you and I with open hands. We are not to use our advantages in this life for our own sake. Rather, we are to be like Jesus and use our advantages for the sakes of others. Whether it is our table, our food, whether it is our money and our time, whether it is our power and prestige or level in society, we are not to use those as things to lord it over or to be powerful against people, but rather we are to use those as gifts in order to bless others to be what Jesus was to us, and that is love. We should choose uh, to serve the needs of others because Jesus himself has served our needs first. Jesus looked down on us, and rather than punishing us for our sins, he himself served to the cross and gave us himself. We are to do the same. Because Jesus himself has become the fulfillment of all of our ultimate needs and hopes in this life. And yet we are also to be obedient, just like Jesus, even if it costs us everything, whether it be jobs, status, 
could be our lives. The way of Jesus is what Jesus wants us to be like. And his Christmas message to us this morning is that he, or this evening, is that we ought to be like him, open-handed, open-armed, willing to forgive, willing to embrace all those who come to us with needs. The way of Jesus it should be part of our fabric of our daily lives, not just for today, not just for this time, but Jesus has come in the form of a little baby, lived out the best life, lived the life we could not, and now invites us to participate with him in the redeeming of the world by acting exactly as he did. So how do we do that? How do you and I, who live here in this place and in this time, in the cultures we live in, how do we do that? How do we act exactly as Paul and as Jesus has commanded us to? Well, I would say this, through Jesus' Holy Spirit that dwells in each one of you and I, that he is Emmanuel in us, he gives us the power to adopt his mindset and his posture toward one another. As he loved us, we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. Look to your left and look to your right. That is your neighbor. Your neighbor needs something. And the way of love and the way of knowing that is you get to know them. Find out what they need. Respond to them. See, Christmas, in, at least in, uh, here in the States, Christmas is a, a, a microcosm or a, a small example of the, level of the, uh, uh, the kind of open-handed gift-sharing for the good of others posture that Jesus gave to us in his incarnation. When we share gifts with one another under the Christmas tree or, or, or whatever other uh, of your custom that you might uh, use to give gifts on this day. We give not so that we could get something from somebody else, but just for the sheer joy of being able to provide something nice and something good for someone in need. The gifts that are under our tree at our house for our girls, they weren't given so that they would clean the house, although I would hope that they would clean the house. But we give them because it's an expression of our love for them. And then when we give to our neighbor, whoever they are, is an expression of God's love for them. And we are commanded to walk in Jesus' way all the days of our lives, not just for a season. It's nice to be kind to people during Christmas. It's expected but on the 26th, Christmas will be no more. And yet our lives as Jesus followers, as those that are on the way, must reflect Jesus the rest of the year and beyond. The manner of our lives is a reflection of God's love that is in you, his ultimate gift of himself to you. So let's talk brass tacks. Let's talk real world. Let's talk how do we do this? How do you, as a, a beautiful reflection of the love of God, how do you do that? Well, we can demonstrate that God is with us when we worship together. Thank you. Thank you all. I enjoyed hearing you worship the God I love. And while I didn't understand the words, I could pick out Jesus. Hmm. And that was good. I was like, okay, I'm on, we're on track here. We're good. 
because you love Jesus like I do. And it is because of the love of God that I can sit with you and hear your music and, and be in worship with you because God has loved you and I both. And I thank him for that. Like tonight, two cultures in one Savior. Praise God for that. Let us worship together. Let us show God's love with each other. But secondly, what I charge you for the rest of the year and beyond is to think of the advantages that God has given you in this life. Think of the things that God has gifted you with. Now think of those who might be served by your advantages. Let us not have the closed fist of holding on to those advantages, but let us have an open hand of giving and allowing others to experience the same love of God that you experienced when he came to you. Let us care for our neighbors better than our own country can. Thank you for your time. God bless you all, and uh, Merry Christmas to you.